Guys, thanks for listening to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I also want to thank the following sponsors for their support of this podcast. Without them, this podcast would not be possible. I want to thank the Go Hunt Insider, uh, Lorenzo Sartini and his crew over at Go Hunt. They have created the Insider, which is an amazing tool for you guys that are researching all these different western states and looking for which units to apply for and put in for. Uh, They also have the Go Hunt Maps, the Go Hunt Gear Shop. Uh, Right now, go to GoHunt.com, click Sign Up for the Insider. Uh, Use the J. Scott promo code. You're going to get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. Go Hunt's been with me since the beginning of 2015. When I started this podcast, they've been a very loyal title sponsor of this podcast. I want to thank them for their support. Make sure to go and sign up for the Go Hunt Insider. Use the J. Scott promo code. Guys, I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's K-U-I-U.com. Kuyu Ultralight Hunting is a direct-to-consumer uh, brand that sells the best ultralight hunting equipment and gear on the market today. Uh, you can go to KUIU.com, KUIU.com, and order directly there on their website. I also want to thank Phonescope.com, Cheston, the guys over at Phonescope. Go to Phonescope.com. Anything you order there, use the JScott23 promo code and you're going to get a 10% discount there at Phonescope. I also want to thank Lathrop & Sons. They're a custom boot system and custom footbed manufacturer. Uh, These guys are the boot doctors, the boot gurus. Um, They're very, very helpful. They know a lot about boots. Uh, I have switched this season to the Lathrop & Sons Encompass boot. Uh, That's what I've worn primarily on my coos deer and mule deer hunts in Mexico. And then I use the Mountain Hunter uh, for my sheep hunts, uh, specifically desert sheep. Uh, in any of that uh, more technical terrain, uh, Lathrop & Sons has a phenomenal 3D mapping imprints and, and tracing kit. Uh, they make custom orthotics, uh, just really, really comfortable, uh, very user-friendly boots and custom insoles. Uh, go to lathropandsons.com. To find out more information, you can also check out Lathrop & Sons on Instagram. They have three custom boot options, the Mountain Hunter, the Mountain Hunter Elite, and the Mountain Hunter Encompass, as well as the High Country Synergy Footbeds Custom. Uh, They also make all of these custom footbeds in wide and super wide, as well as the boots, which is rare for a boot manufacturer. Reach out to the owners, Stephen and James at Lathrop & Sons at 618-544-544. 8782. That's com. Guys, I want to thank you for supporting this podcast. Love to hear your feedback. Uh, any questions you might have, you can reach out at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can follow along on Instagram at jscottoutdoors. Always feel free to send me a direct message. Love hearing from you guys. And let's get right to these episodes. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is your guest host, Cliff Gray. And today I have Jimmy Oswald on. He's the operations manager of Flat Tops Wilderness Guides. 
I actually used to own flat tops wilderness guides and, and uh, Jimmy and I worked together for five or six years. So uh, we know each other pretty well, but today we're going to talk about the Colorado draw that's coming up here in the next uh, month or so. And uh, we're going to dive deep into some sheep and goat units, hit on elk and mule deer. And we'll talk a little bit about strategy and some, uh, some other things having to do with the draw that, that we think will be very valuable to viewers. So uh, Jimmy, uh, if I missed anything, hit on it, but uh, how's life, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, of course. So, uh, Jimmy, let's let's uh, cover the basics first. Like, when's the when's the draw deadline for Colorado? What uh, you know? What if anything is new, and what should people kind of be looking out for? And you know, actually, even before that, Jimmy. I, I keep getting questions about the uh, the winter, you know, the winter conditions, particularly in the country that, that you hunt. So uh, let's do that first, man. Uh, give, give me the update on the winter there and, and what, what people are thinking is going to happen in terms of, uh, you know, winter kill or anything like that. And then we'll drive and we could dive into that, that application stuff. Yeah. So I, the, um, the winter on the, the Colorado river corridor, man, it's like, like I, I hear, like I heard, listen to your podcast with Robbie Denning and everyone's kind of scared. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's like the most primo winter in, in my opinion, you could really ask for. Um, there's a lot of snow up high, um, but down on the winter range, it's, it's, it's like wide open. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just been kind of warm or something. Yeah. Yeah. So winter conditions I think are, I think are great. Obviously it's, um, at least when we're talking, it's March 1st. Um, we're now we're getting into like the, the, the strategic, um, timeframe for, for animal health. Right. So if we get a, you know, our three feet of snow, um, next week, that could, that could really put a damper on things. But, um, but yeah, no, as long as we don't get any, any crazy storms, I think we're, we're looking good. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, man, like who knows it, well, it, depends always you know what spring turns up but uh dude i always thought in that area and i actually was talking to a guy yesterday about it it's you know winter conditions are super localized right it could be it could be pretty good on your side and along that river corridor and then you know over an eagle or up in vale it could be bad for wildlife i mean it just it just kind of depends what what does uh, i'm sure you've been up there jimmy what does the eagle side look is eagle all burn off and is that country open too Man, honestly, um, I haven't spent much time over over yeah, there. Yeah. Just kind of cruise right through Eagle, but um, you know, it. I mean, just right on on seventy, it it seemed pretty darn darn open. And like behind where you used to live and that, um, yeah, I didn't think I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, yeah, and that's all like real sensitive winter range for for forty four yeah. and in all that country. So that's kind of what I've heard too, man. It sounds like some of these other states are in way way worse shape. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Cause I've gotten a lot of questions on that and I'm not, I'm, I'm totally out of it on that front. So, so I don't really know. So that's, that's good to hear, man. But, uh, yeah, so let's jump into the draw stuff. When's the deadline? What's, what's new, man. Yeah. So, um, today's the first day for the draw application, um, for all of the species in Colorado, April 4th is the deadline. Um, again, I mean, everyone can preach it every year, but you're always going to have those guys that are going to wait till April 4th at 8 p.m. or um, 
not 8 p.m. because I think it actually closes yeah, at 8 p.m. 11.30 or 11.59 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't wait to the last day. Get, get it done at least a few days before that deadline. Um, so on the draw front, um, you know, there's uh, the CPW is starting to move and, and I um, move a lot of stuff over to um, a lot of the archery stuff over to draw instead of over the counter. Um, in my personal opinion, I think I think we're going to go to in, inside five years. I can't imagine that there's going to be um, over the counter either sex archery elk tags anymore. Right. I I think we're going to I think we might have over the counter, but over the counter with caps, or they're going to be these super easy easy draws. You're going to draw them as second choice. So really, not not too much is going to change, but you're probably not going to be able to go and buy buy those tags, um, you know, at Walmart on your on your way to your hunt right yeah and you in the one of the main units you guys hunt in is one of the few i mean well i should say one of the few but it's still over the counter whereas a lot of surrounding stuff is draw and then yeah and then, and then some more units this year went draw right yeah 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 um and then um you know my well i'm kind of starting to tell tell guys is uh and it's kind of goes against um um some aspects of like building points and application strategies, but um, to the guys that have always hunted over the counter, I'd start building. Um, I'd start building a couple of points, even if you always plan on hunting over the counter, just for that reason, right? As soon as everything goes to a draw, um, you might you might start needing a point or two. Um, again, I wouldn't go and collect them and and try to hunt, you know, unit two in Colorado. Cause if you just are starting that now, you're never, never going to draw it. Um, yeah. But, but you bring up a but, good point. You, I mean, you bring up a good point, Jimmy, like when this thing actually shifts to mostly draw, there's going to be a huge difference between having two points and not having any. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, um, and a rabbit hole that I don't really want to go down uh, anymore, but, um, with the reintroduction of wolves, like, at the end of by December of this year, there are going to be released wolves in Colorado. And I think the number is around 30. And as those numbers start to grow, they are going to have to start cutting the, the elk tags. Um, right. At one of the meetings, I mean, the bot, like it was verbatim came out from one of the biologists that wrote the management plan. A um, hundred wolves are going to kill a thousand elk. And for every thousand elk that they kill they're gonna have to cut the tag allocations by ten thousand, and the management right. goal is, is is 200 so we're talking about twenty thousand elk tags throughout the state specifically the western slope they're going to get cut um chances are it's going to be a lot of the non-resident tags are going to be the ones that get are getting cut too so right yeah, yeah and that's just like you say i mean that's just like the the rational and obvious uh thing that's going to happen for sure and it's kind of funny the the way you say it, Jimmy, because it's like, yeah, no, no crap. That's what's going to occur. But I think to some extent, like we, I don't think really anybody's acknowledged it fully until right now, realizing like, yeah, these wolves are going to for sure eat elk. There's really no way around that. There's no other, yeah. there's no yeah. other explanation, explanation, right? Like, yeah, they could redistribute elk and, you know, there could be some spots that, you know, hypothetically the elk hunting gets better, you know, in that real localized area or whatever. But 
overall across the state, hunter opportunity is going to go down. There's really no other way to, to look at that. So I think your, your point is a good one. It's like, there's a lot of people out there that really ha- could care less about accumulating any elk points in Colorado, which I was kind of in that boat for the last, you know, 10, 15 years. Like why? I mean, I wouldn't really worry about it too much, or you might as well get one while you're hunting over the counter or whatever, but now it's going to be relevant. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, um, I was just talking about wolves killing elk. Uh, unfortunately, they're like the one species that's doing great in Colorado or moose. They're going to be the yeah. first ones. Um, yeah. So, so the, the guys that are, are applying for their moose tags, um, man, in, in a handful of years, like there's all these new units and more tag uh, quotas are going up and everything. Um, yeah. Well, this, it's, this, yeah. Don't try I, I, I have to, like I have to, I have to jerk your chain, dude. Cause you slipped in underneath the, uh, the finish line and got your moose last year. So you left the rest of us to, to yeah. get, the scraps, <laughs> get the scraps of the wolves, man. But no, I think you're right. dude. like, I mean, I mean, just, just my exposure to all the, all the moose in Colorado, I've never found one that was really smart. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sure yeah. part, part of that's biology, you know, just the biology of moose. Um, but part of that is that they literally have been living in Colorado with no predators for a few decades. Right? Yeah. And I, th- you know, if you look at other States, um, Idaho, oh, yeah. Wyoming, Montana, their, their moose populations are declining. Um, yeah. And, and my guess is, and I think most biologists would probably tell you it's predation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And they, and they will, I mean, these little, yeah, it's kind of weird because the moose travel, I mean, you can tell me your opinion, Jimmy, but the moose travel, they do travel far distances in Colorado, but they are still like kind of localized populations. And I do think that, you know, wolves get established in certain spots and, and basically moose are going to get extirpated out of certain areas that they've been doing pretty well. In. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did, I dove a little bit when I, when I did draw that moose tag last year, I did dive into it a little bit and yeah. like those cows, they, they don't move nearly as much as you would think. Like the right. bulls are constantly roaming, you know, they might travel 10 miles, 15 miles in a day, but those cows are, they're pretty localized. Yeah. I, yeah. And you know, what's funny, man, is in, you know, in the, in your outfitting area, uh, you know, my old outfitting area, I think that's why we used to see bulls kind of like inconsistent spots. A lot of times they weren't the same bulls. They were just bulls coming in to check cows that lived in those. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. for sure. And yep. actually we, we had the, um, so I had my bull tag and then we had the cow uh, tag in the cluster of units there yeah. as well. And um, I mean, it was like a, it was kind of a slam dunk hunt. We, we were seeing that same cow um, almost every day. Yeah, you knew where the cow was. And like in like a half mile stretch. Um, and we just rode up there and Yeah, got it done. Yeah. And, and that, but I think you're I I think the moose thing is probably I don't know why, man. I think it's because there's so much positive momentum with them in Colorado. They've been like this epic species, you know, on the quantity and quality front. Dude, and I think for me, you know, while I had that outfitting business and while you know, while I was outfitting Colorado, I saw like moose go from like pretty minimal to like pretty prevalent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And actually the opening of, of a unit to, to hunting that hadn't been open before. So you saw like that success story and then yeah, wolves are going to just, there, there's probably no way around that, uh, that the moose deals 
you is is the window on that's going to close you know i mean i don't know what the time frame will be but the wolves are going to put put a herd on them you know so yeah I, and I, I think if, i think if you go and if, talk to the guys like up in um the northern part like in the ray was and up by walden yeah um, that had these huge quotas and everything yep uh and that's where these wolves are coming in in from wyoming naturally sure. you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna see effects in I don't think the bulls are going to be killing a full grown bull moose, but I think they're going to be killing those calves left and right. And in a couple of years, you're going to see those right. populations really declining. So, yeah. yeah. You know um, what I wonder, man, on this topic and, and I mean, we don't, we, we, need, we don't need to get like crazy negative on it. I'm just more interested in it. I, I wonder in Colorado with some of those sheep populations, you know what I mean, Jimmy, that, that winter, in fairly accessible areas and they actually winter fairly close to where elk winter. Um, I mean, I, in my mind, I specifically think of some that live along the highway 70 corridor. I wonder if wolves are not going to wipe some of those out too. Uh, just cause I don't, I don't see how, if I was a wolf, I don't know why I wouldn't work some of those sheep because they they're again, they haven't been that exposed to predators. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, some of the sheep like in a in in our backyard um they like go walking across the top and it's like right but there's a wolf that season and there's not a there's not a chance yeah and um, that's yeah I, I mean that's exactly what i mean man like these sheep every i mean i think all these sheep that have been like perpetually harassed by all predators they tend to always hold to cover you know what i mean or to yeah. to terrain Right. And that's how they avoid wolves. But I think I, I wonder if some of these little these little, you know, isolated populations of sheep that Colorado has, they haven't been exposed to predators other than lions um, and lions can kill them in the rocks anyways. But, you know, if they if they're not actually spending a fair amount of time in mild terrain where wolves can kill them, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a thought. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if that'll be any different, you know. Yeah, well, I'm kind of hoping not not to talk bad on the on the producers or whatever, but uh, I think the wolves are going to go after the domestic sheep. Yeah. Uh, in, at least in our country first. I mean, they, they write, um, there's freaking fairy tales about wolves and sheep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Dude. And I think, I think the sheep thing, if, if I was going to just take a long shot on like where a big problem is going to be with wolves, like in depending on where they put them, man, uh, it could be within like the first six months, it's going to be on domestic sheep. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, you can tell me your thoughts on it, but generally right now, you know, domestic sheep have herders with them because they're so they're so susceptible to predators. I mean, a bear could run through a sheep flock and kill 20, you know, yeah. 20 ewes like and, and it's not going to care. Right. So they they protect them now. Uh, you know, there's everybody says like, well, you know, what are they going to do with the wolves? Well, I think in general, because there's so much publicity around this. I think the guys are, you know, they're not, they're going to follow the law. They're not going to kill wolves that are on their sheep. Um, because if they did, they could, they're, you know, you're talking about sending guys to prison and ruining their life with how much exposure this wolf thing has. So I don't think there's going to yeah. be a bunch of like vigilante wolf killing, even on sheep, on domestic sheep. But so there is going to be, I think some scenes, man, when a, when a, yeah. when a bunch of, a bunch of wolves get into some of those groups well, sheep. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, you you're, you're going to go to prison for ten years. 
Yeah, so no, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, and then the other thing. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Jimmy. No, and then this the CPW up the um um like reimbursement for for loss of livestock up to fifteen thousand dollars. I don't I don't think there's and I'm not a sheep guy. Yeah. I don't think there's a sheep out there that's worth fifteen thousand dollars, but they are going to get top dollar for every every depredated. Oh yeah, yeah, cart. yeah. They they might so, be, yeah they, they might push yeah. how much those sheep are worth. No, I I I, I hear you, but. Uh, it could just be that could be a really interesting one, man, because because unprotected sheep are like they're like bait for all predators. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But um, yeah, it's funny you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing, man, like, whoa, man, like these bands of sheep and, and you I mean, you have them near you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You got guys that work yeah. big, big groups of sheep in the in there. So. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you on that, man. They're going to kill those before they, before they work the, the big horns, but, but anyways, man, uh, yeah, the wolf deal will be, will be interesting. Uh, it is, it is what it is for now, right? They're, they're coming. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing we can do. But yeah, but circling back, circling that back to the draw, I think, I think you're right. There's a timeline to that and it's going to have some, some changes to the, to the dynamic. So, so essentially what you're saying is get ahead get ahead of it and try to get some points and pray really hard. You draw your moose tag in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. But uh, you know, actually on that Jimmy and we can, we can, we'll, we'll dive into units and that sort of thing, but you're a pretty young guy. You, you drew your moose tag with, with, you know, I think fairly low amount of points. So you had some luck on it too, but what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, what can a guy do, particularly on these specialty species like moose, sheep, goat? Um, what can he do to up his odds, you know? And, uh, and what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, first and foremost, if you're just starting, um, it's not, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty dim, dim odds. Like, I don't even, sure. if you're just thinking about starting to put in for points now, there's so many people. Um, yeah. I think there's more people with under 10 points that are drawing tags for goat, sheep, and moose than there are with guys over 10 points. So that, that 10 point and under cohort is gigantic. Um, but if you do want to up your odds, like going in and hunting like these really sexy <clears throat> sheep units, um, let's say S12, right? That's a real popular one. And one that we actually, we guide in and it's a great unit, great sheep, you know, lots of sheep, big 12 sheep. Twelve's what? The uh, Oh yeah, I know where, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. so it's on the- um, It's over the outside of, like fair the, play, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like what's, you know, unit 49 for elk. Yeah, it's right? always so, been, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, and yeah, sorry so, to interrupt this. Sorry to interrupt you, Jimmy. I was like, I was like, where is that? And I was getting confused with the goat unit. But go, go ahead, man. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, so that's like a real sexy unit. Um, S74, um, which is the Glenwood. Yeah. Um, the Glenwood herd. Um, some of these, like on the front range that are in the Pooter and the Thompson Canyon, I think 58 and 40, um, that a lot of people are looking at the sheep all the time. Those are ones that are going to get hammered. There's big sheep in there. If you draw it, you're going to probably shoot a great sheep. You're going to see a lot of sheep, but, and they're not, um, some of them aren't as, as rugged as some others. But if your main goal is to draw a, draw a, a tag sooner than later, going for a, a more subpar 
um, unit, um, whether it's lower quality, lower quantity of sheep, that's going to be your way to go. And like when I talk to guys, the first thing, what, you know, I ask them, what do you want out of the hunt? Do you want to draw the tag sooner than later? Uh, which again is still abysmal odds, but um, it might be three times better than some of these other units. So looking for um, maybe going to a a lesser unit, um, looking for a unit that they just added a tag to um a lot of guys are always going to apply like "Ah, i i elk hunt over here so uh, and i see sheep when i'm elk hunting and i'm applying there no matter what and maybe they just cut tags in there and you have the same 300 people applying for two tags now you have 300 people applying for one tag so look at that look for um when they do add a tag to it to a unit as well and then um you know on I don't think there's, I'd have to look at the book, at the brochure again, but I don't think they, they added any, any sheep units or took any sheep units away, but um, they did add a goat unit G18. And I think, you know, that's, that's going to be a a sneaker unit, Um, a new unit, no, no recent history in there. Um, And there's four tags. Pretty, pretty rugged area. It it, it borders a bunch of that, those bigger goat units, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I was looking at it on, on X. I mean, I think the whole thing is wilderness. Like, I don't think there's an inch in there. That's not wilderness. Yeah. yeah. It's all Holy cross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no, no other, are there, are there any other big, I, well, I guess back to your point, this deal when they add tags or take away tags is huge because there's always a lag, like in terms of the drop. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's always significant yeah. and people should always pay attention to that. Like, like I think about Jimmy, um, I mean, you remember when we used to spend a bunch of time in 12, G12. Yeah. And uh, in there, when they really started hammering those goats, like they, I don't know, they like tripled the quota in there or something. Um, yeah. And it was kind of like, well, should I put in for that? Shouldn't I put in for that? You know, because there's going to be so many hunters in there. But now reflecting on it and looking at the odds at that time, like for sure. Like you, you, yeah, well, well, funny you, you brought that up cliff. Cause let me, let me pull this up. Um, because they're, uh, so in 2022, they gave out, um, what would be the, that would be 80. They gave out 80 goat tags in G12. Yeah. Um, total. Um, this year there's 60. Yeah. So it's a, it's a pretty big decrease. And I think you're going to have those same guys like, Oh man, were they giving out all these tags? Well, again, G12, I mean, it's a, that's a, that's the most tags to give out anywhere. So it's still yeah. probably some of your better odds, but yeah. the odds are going to get a little bit tougher because they cut tags back by 20 tags. They cut it back by 25%. Yeah. Now, and now everybody's caught up to that. There's a ton of tags. So a lot of people are putting in there yeah. and then, to boot, there's a situation that me and you know about that every easy billy in that country to kill is dead. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah. now that now that hunt is like a freaking, you know, you, you got to have the biggest balls in the neighborhood to hunt a lot of that stuff. Yeah, you're not, there's no more, I don't, I can't imagine that there's been a goat killed at Maroon Lake in yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or like a you know quality billy. I mean, there's always random right. stuff, but like in general, yeah. I mean, 
the accessibility of the goats there, I'm sure with what they've been killing is like, it's a totally different hunt than when they, when they started to crank those, those, uh, those tags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. And it was and by that's design. Just, that's just yeah. one example. There's, there's other ones like that, like that too. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But you know, it's, it's kind of related to that. I, I think is a good, at least in my mind, it's some good advice for people. And that's, particularly these sheep units, Jimmy, and, and you guys, I know guide in, in some of them, but a lot of the ones, a lot of the ones you guide in are like five, six tag units, right? Well, I said, so a lot the, of the sheep, a lot of the sheep units that you guys got, oh, yeah. in, they've got five or six Ram tags. So they got yeah. pretty, they got pretty well established sheep herds in them. And then you've got other units where there's like one tag or two tags you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and one thing I noticed, and I really think about this a lot now, is if you look at the stats, like particularly on the quality of rams in those smaller units, like if they can go, I mean, it could be great for two years and then everybody's yeah. putting in because they saw some, you just slam a rams come out and it could, they could, you could literally be putting in for a unit where there's not, there's not a mature ram in there. Yeah. If you just yeah. look at the stats. So it's, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's, it's hard yeah. because well, like, go, go ahead. Well, like, um, so last year I had, um, the Glenwood, um, the Glenwood, um, the S74 sheep tags as like a, as a pretty hot pick with it yeah. for one, there was a non-resident tag in yep. there. So that was a good one. Um, but the two biggest Rams in there, and one was, you know, the granddaddy, the slammer. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I haven't, no one's seen him. Um, pretty sure yeah. the, the two biggest ones in there got killed and you're going to now, now there's nothing all that special about those, that sheep herd other than they're highly visible. There's not, yeah. you know, the 185 inch Ram in there. Yeah, and there'll probably be a big lag, right? Like people are going to yeah. keep applying, and yeah, it, it's it's. I mean, it's hard because I guess it's a hard piece of advice, right? Because you're basically what we're saying is like you got to get insider knowledge to be making yeah. sure you're not putting in for a unit that the sheep or the sheep got you know hit real hard or whatever. Because if you yeah. look at the stats, you don't know. I mean, you don't know. I mean, if you look at a unit and they, you know, three, you know three three killer rams got taken out of it you don't know if the guys hunted those three individual rams and they were all by themselves and they were the biggest rams in the unit or those guys killed three rams out of a group of 12 rams that were all big you know you don't yeah. you don't know um yeah but but uh, i would say in general and tell me your opinion jimmy but if you see if you see a unit that's been like marginal 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 and then like one or two years of big rams coming out of it you got to be real cautious because it to me it just tells me that somebody figured out where where the older age class band band of rams went and they might have wiped them out you know yeah yeah for sure but uh sheep, sheep, sheep are unique unique that way man um let's let's talk about sheep units jimmy give me give me the rundown on on the ones that you guys guide and kind of your thoughts yeah so we guide in um, S11, S17, S66, S47, S12, S23, S2, and S59. Um, and just so well, I don't, we don't get any slack from the feds or anything, um, yeah. uh, 
I manage flat tops wilderness guides, but then I also manage another outfit that we recently purchased uh, called Horn Fort Guides, which is outside of Buena Vista. So that's why we have so many units that we that we're able to to guide in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And Jimmy just saying that because it, it gets real convoluted uh, on this stuff, like where you can guide and what units and all that. But uh, but they got they got it all. They got it covered. So uh, good. Yeah. Good. Good disclaimer, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure you probably have made a, a comment or two like that in your, oh in yeah, your yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, nowadays you got to like keep all that stuff, stuff straight. So, but yeah. And I, and I would guess, man, um, you know, there's a couple other guys that got, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty well distributed and, and can cover a bunch of sheep and goat units, but I'm guessing you guys probably have the most assortment you can, you can guide in nowadays, or at least you're one of the ones that have the most. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I think so. I mean, it's a pretty big, pretty big chunk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go for but it. As far, yeah, so as far as um, um, kind of my my ranking, um, yeah, I really like S eleven. It's a it's a good unit. Um, some you know pretty good quality sheep. Um, we shot a hundred seventy four inch ram out of there last year. I don't think there's anything going to be bigger than that, but you know, I think like um, 160 inch in tram is um, yeah. kind of what you should be is looking it, for. What, in a, that. Ba- a backpack deal, day hunt deal. What kind of hunt is it? Yeah. So it was, it was a day, it was a day hunting deal, yeah. um, which is, uh, and, and S 11 is kind of, it's not quite as physical as, um, you know, some of these other units you can day hunt it. Um, you go get a hotel in, in, in Buny and, um, go hunt it in the morning and then come back you can take a siesta and go back out in the, back out in the evening if, if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but it's still big, it's like some big 14 or country. So it's big. Yeah. It's big I mean, it's, it's still, but yeah, yeah, huge mountains, but there's like some pretty good road access. Sure. Um, get around before I get ahead of myself, it, it overlaps with, uh, G3. So, um, yeah there's good road access there's uh wilderness in there as well where you can get away from some folks where the sheep can get away from um from hunters you're going to see a lot of hiking traffic in there which sucks but i think that's like basically almost everywhere for the most part now um so s11 i rank that really high um and they do give out a non-resident tag in there s17 s17 is uh, one of my top picks too, but it's like, if you're, if you're over 60 years old, um, it's probably not the unit for you. Um, you're going to be, there's no day hunting it. Um, you got to go hike in, you got to pack in your own water. There's like no water up there. You're probably going to sleep out under the stars. There's not anywhere to pitch a tent. Um, and you're, Sheep quality is a little bit lower, like 150 inch ram. That's kind of, that's going to be, yeah. you know, a, a good um, representative ram in there. But it's it's going to be one of your higher draw odds. Yeah, sure. Um, S66, uh, same same thing. Um, yeah, it's going to have a little bit better access than than say S17, but you're still going to be, yeah, it's. Those those mountains are no no joke. Yeah, probably um, probably back probably backpack hunting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Did they kill big rams and, in there uh, last year? Do you know, Jimmy? 
Um, you know what? We didn't. I don't think we had a hunter in. Yeah, yeah but, you, but well, I guess they, they don't have they don't have the stats out yet, right? On yeah, it sucks. Yeah, because yeah, I'm is- like I'm. Yeah, you have to go back to. I can only see like, like horn measurements from 2021. Yeah, uh, they yeah. should be publishing that stuff before the draw, but um, it's yeah, just they, dude, they for sure should. I, I think somebody. I mean, I don't know at these. At, uh, they got those guys got a lot of lot on their plate right now with the whole wolf thing. But man, when these like five year season structure meetings come up, if you're at those or whatever, dude, you should tell. I mean, there's no excuse for there not to yeah. have the horn stat. You know the you know the age yeah. and, and horn stats on these animals because they collect them a year. They collected them, you know, last. Yeah, which, yeah, I told you, uh, you know, I've been doing a little lion hunting lately. Yeah. Um, dude, they they update those things like like every sure. minute. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. go on there, check the, check the quotas, uh, and yeah. it'll tell you there's like a timestamp. And it's like always – every it's within five minutes yeah. of me checking. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Updated it, dri- it, it drives me crazy they don't do that on sheep because it, it matters so much. I mean, you can know yeah. have a couple rams in a unit and, you know, like – you can't keep track of all the units. You don't know somebody in every unit and you want to know like, Hey, did those Rams get killed or not? It'd probably be useful to know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you can tell like pretty, you can tell pretty quick. They give you the base measurements and then horn life. Like yeah, you're yeah. going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah. So at 66, another, um, another uh, high pick, for me yep. they give out i think there's i think there's two archery tags in there which is semi like a handful i don't know probably since like 2020 or so they started giving out those um those archery tags in there which um definitely move move some sheep around in there um s12 like i said that's a great unit but gonna be harder to draw s47 um historically back in the day was was great but they're uh the sheep herds are coming back by a bit um and then i'm always going to pitch s59 uh as as a great unit um just it's a it's a it's my backyard yeah uh, it's a fun i I mean i i think that that unit you know jimmy it's like um you know it's like a small sheep herd but the other pitch i think there's that you can horseback it right it's pretty good horse country um, so if yeah. you want to do if you want to do a horseback sheep hunt, you know it's pretty. Yeah, good. That's probably it's probably one of the few where you're where a horse is actually going to be a a benefit yeah. to you. And if you don't have a horse, um, it's it's actually going to kind of suck. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because it's it's pretty big and, and, to get around. Yeah, and there's two kind of there's two there's two separate herds in that unit, but like the yeah. the cool herd. The cool yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to, if you want to give it a working over and see all the sheep there, you kind of gotta, you gotta go into the wilderness horseback or, yeah. you know, huge long backpack hunt or, or, or whatever. I, I think it's a cool unit. I mean, I'm biased like you, man, Yeah. but of all the dead sheep pictures that I have, that's the only one that, uh, I, you know, that I have that, uh, has a, has a Ram's head on a, on a mule's back. So, and that's actually a hunt that you guided um yeah but yeah. yeah yeah so that makes it that makes it pretty cool man uh, and i was um, just i was just yeah. looking uh jimmy because that that six so 66 and 12 i think it's worth noting like for archers uh do like 12 i think draws pretty 
you know, pretty difficult for archers. Um, I don't know uh-huh. what 66 is doing, but they're hard archery hunts, man. Like it's big open country. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, it's look. I'm always kind of torn. Right. I, and I'm, I am an archery hunter. Yeah. I don't know if like these, these sheep tags are never going to be a twice in a lifetime anymore. It's, it's like yeah. without a doubt going to be a once in a lifetime. Yep. I don't know, and it, you're lucky if you get it once in a lifetime, but I don't know if I want to, I don't I shouldn't say waste, but use my once in a lifetime tag and, and be restricted to. Yeah. yeah. Archer well, equipment. Like I'm looking at 66 right now, Jimmy, uh, like as you, as you talk and like 66. So no Rams got killed in, in 2020 with a, with a bow. Um, and then one Ram did get killed in 21. I don't, I don't know what happened in 22. Cause like you said, they don't have the stats out, but so it's not like, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised in that unit since they had it open in archery. If, you know, if only one Ram has been taken with a bow, I'm not saying that's the case. Cause I don't know what the recent year is, but I, w- it wouldn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, I think that, I think in general, like I, I can't don't quote me on this, but I would suspect that the CPW and and especially in a lot of these units, even with a rifle are kind of expecting, you know, 30% or 50% success rate. Yeah. On sheep hunts. Some, some of them. Yeah. Are, yeah. 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 yeah with, with a rifle. So oh. we, with a, with a, with archery equipment. Yeah. They're, they're just like throw tags out there, get people to burn some points, make some money. And you're going to have like sub 10% success. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Cause you, you bow hunt more than I do, man. So I, I get it. I get it. If a, if a guy or a gal is just really, they really want to kill one with a bow. I, I, I get it. But at the same time, it's, it's a pretty difficult hunt because in some of these areas you can spend seven, eight days just trying to find the Rams, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, in, in, in S 44, um, let me see what they're giving out this year. I don't remember off the top of my head. So they're giving out, um, one archery and one rifle tag to non-residents and then four archery and one rifle to residents this year. So it's, and it it's a there's slammer sheep in there um but and and the draw odds are good on it that's one and we've kind of talked about it but um they the sheep are spending a fraction of their time even in that unit anyway the cpw and they know it they, they they need to expand they need to expand the unit and i feel bad for some of these guys I've talked to, I think, two guys that drew archery tags in there and and hunted every single day and never drew their bow back. Yeah, rarely they, saw they, sheep. Yeah, they well, they probably saw the sheep. They just saw them outside of the unit. Yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, and the the sheep that so in twenty twenty one they shot. There were seven tags all total in there. There were three, three shot. One of them wasn't even legal. I, two of them weren't even legal. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm looking at the in the in the archery ram taken. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at yeah. So one ram did get taken with a bow. There, they're on. They're obviously on the more accessible side of the unit. It looks like, but but yeah, I mean, 
basically what you're saying is there's a lot of archery tags that have been going into that unit um, without success. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I'm not, I'm not clicking through all the stats right now. Um, but it's a tough, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, tough unit. I mean, you know, uh, Justin, and he wouldn't mind us talking about it. I don't, I don't think, uh, uh, Jimmy, because, um, you know, he, I, he, he wouldn't, and people, a lot of people know who he is and he's, he's a very, very, uh, accomplished bow hunter. Uh, Justin Schaefer had a tag in there years ago and he struggled, man. You know, it took him, yeah two weeks and he had a lot of, he had a lot of buddies helping him. You know, he's got some roots yeah. in Colorado. So he had a bunch of buddies helping him look for sheep. And I think it took him, you know, grinding at it, uh, quite a, quite a while to kill yeah. one in there. It, it's just a difficult one to kill one with a bow. Yeah. And, and it gets, it can get, it can get com- super competitive in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The yeah. Rams you have like two guys making stalks on, at, on the same Ram at the same, same time. Yeah. 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 If they happen to be in the right, the right spot, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't mean to keep going off uh, track. You got any more sheep stuff? Um, no, that's probably, uh, yeah. I mean, to kind of yeah. recap S11, S17, S66, S59, S12, S47, kind of my top, top picks for sheep. So S, S2 used to be on uh, the top of my, my picks. Um, but uh, this year, this year, it, it, it's not. Um, there's been some sheep shot out of there. The two biggest rams um, are no longer in there. Yeah, and, and that, that was a, I mean, that was always a, a unit that, it's, you know, it's a real difficult unit. It had some big sheep in it. Basically, it got some good, some pretty accomplished sheep hunters in there that, that, that got some of them out of there. And so, so hopefully it gets better in the future, huh? Yeah, I will say I, um, I kind of underestimated the number of sheep a number of rams in there by about oh, really? like a pretty big amount. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, There's I a remember. bunch of them out on the winter range, you know, right, right off the highway. Um, yeah. I think there was like, I think 28 rams. Oh, okay. I used to have yeah. it at like, I used to think there was about like 18. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember, I remember glassing those sheep, I think actually was you like years ago. Yeah. And there was like, there was probably 15, 20 rams or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, that, that herd man historically in there and that's, that's a tough hunt just so people know those, those are pretty, pretty, pretty rough, uh, rough mountains and the, and the sheep get real, you know, real dispersed across them. But, um, that herd has gone up and down big time. And that herd also has yeah. some, some controversy around it because the winter range of that herd is, is a little bit threatened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just by land. Uh, so- Land, land development. Yeah, so that's kind of it for for my my sheep my sheep stuff. Sure, let's sheep do uh, let's do goats, man. Cool. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of overlap on um, on on some of these goat and sheep units. Um, you'd be looking for goats and you see sheep. You'll be looking for sheep and see see goats. Um, basically, the the goat units that we can guide in are G1, G2, G3. G6, G14, and G17. Um, G1 is going to be archery, archery only, super low success. That unit overlaps with G17. So you're kind of in the same boat. It's super rugged mountains, might be packing your own water on your back up there. But there are some, uh, there's some, I was, I was, oh, it, uh, it over, I'm sorry, it, it overlaps with S17. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. okay yeah, yeah, I'm okay, sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, in that country, I got you. Yep, yep, yep. Go, go for it, man. Yeah, so there's it overlaps with S17. Crazy rugged, yep. gnarly stuff. Was looking at some sheep in there um, this past this past season, and yeah, there's some there's some slammer billies in there. Um, you could shoot a giant in there, but it's, it's archery only. So yeah, uh, what are your hey, uh, what are your thoughts on archery goats? That's probably the one that I would put in for if that's the one that's the one one once in a lifetime tag that i would put in for with for archery only yeah just because yeah. i think like i don't know i have to sit down and think about it the goats that i've shot but i would venture to guess around 50 percent have been inside bow range yeah yeah the, the goats you've guided yeah, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm the i'm the same way dude i i think jimmy that the majority of the goats that I've guided with a rifle could have been killed by a proficient bow hunter. The majority, yeah. it might've, it might've taken a little more work. And, and, a, yeah. and the other thing is the individual would have to be, a, you know, obviously a good archer, but they'd also have to be probably a little more comfortable with terrain. Right. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 you have yeah. to be, you're, you're going to be peeking over the top and seeing one bedded. Yeah. And, and yeah. Shoot. yeah. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, just be a little more comfortable with that. But I, I'm with you, man. I think, uh, I think it's very doable. And I'd have to look at the the differential, you know, between you know odds wise between archery uh, goat tags and rifle goat tags. Years ago, I looked at it, and to me, even though I would be very willing to hunt one with a bow, um, to me, it still made sense to to just put in for rifle tags. And then if I wanted to kill him with a bow, I could still kill him with a bow during the rifle season. You know, that it, to me that it, there just wasn't enough differential, but I'm with you. If there was a big differential and archery tags were way easier to draw, that's probably how I would, I would, I would uh, approach the goat deal. Yeah. And the, you gotta, uh, you have to block out a pretty big chunk of time for, for at least, you know, yeah. we, we run our, our, um, most the majority of our goat hunts at four days of hunting. I think if you're going to try to book a book a archery goat hunt, oh yeah, yeah, you're at least seven at yeah. least. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd have to have a bigger time frame about it and, and that sort of thing. But it's uh, I'm with you, and, and I think some people they're going to hear that Jimmy, and they're going to be like, "Well, what's the difference between sheep and goats?" And a lot, you know what I mean when it yeah. comes to when it comes yeah. to actually where there might be some overlap, but where they spend most of their time is so much, there's so much more terrain, right? I mean, yeah. it, it's so, it's so much crappier, which obviously has the downside of just being like dangerous and, and kind of hair raising at times. But for Archer, it's just easy to get in there. And then the other thing is they're dumber. I mean, in general, yeah. I mean, I, and dumber, yeah. I guess dumber is not the word, but they're, they're so, yeah. What's that? tolerant yeah yeah and they're and they're so dependent on terrain for safety yeah. you know what i mean so uh, mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's uh that that's a that'd be a fun fun archery one but back to your original point about just putting in uh i mean i would just point blank say it if you haven't put if you haven't been putting in for goats already and you don't have any points uh just try to make don't more money yeah or, uh, my <laughs> thought is just try to make more money in life and go hunt them in canada 
you know, something like that. Go hunt them in Alaska because it, for the money and the time involved, that's that's a better approach now with with how the draw. Cliff, I don't even I don't even think you would need to make make more money. Like, let's say you got lucky as a non-resident and drew a goat tag. You start right now and you yeah. put in. And you draw it by year 15. Well, as a non-resident, it's $100 a year to put in. So you got $1,500. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you're going to go hire an outfit for 5000 bucks, right? And this yeah. is assuming no inflation from the outfitter or from the state, which is not going to happen. Yeah. But so you're at um, $6,500 yeah. over the course of 15 years. Yeah. Well, for nine for nine thousand bucks, uh, and then and then you remember your tip to the guide and everything. Yeah, yeah. But for nine thousand bucks, you go to British Columbia on your own schedule, know when you're going to do it, and you're going to be fifteen years younger. It's yeah. It's like a, it's a no. It's a no, it's a no brainer. If if you were if you want to go hunt, yeah, just just do the pay to play options. I think. Yeah, it, for goat and for um moose right you can go to british columbia and do do a moose hunt for nine thousand bucks as well yeah yeah yep yep it's it and uh particularly particularly if colorado loses its quality a little bit on moose that that'll for sure be the case i mean i the one the one thing for moose in colorado is they're just so big it's hard to kill a shot that's that big in bc right now but but yeah i totally i totally agree with you um and uh I, I think that's valuable to people. Like don't, don't always get caught up in these draws when they're, when there's other, you know, realistic options, but, uh, but yeah, man, yeah, go ahead and, sure. and uh, we can keep on. Yeah. So uh, G2, G2 um, only residents this year. Uh, and I think it's been resident only for, for quite some time. That's a really good unit, a little bit harder to draw, but there's re- some really good road access. Um, yeah. My first goat hunt with you, you could basically yeah, drive yeah, to yeah. the top of Fifteener, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, that's that's, uh, that's right, man. That, that's a fun unit to hunt, I think. Yeah, yeah, and some good goats in there, um, but again, a little harder to draw. G three, hands down, my my favorite unit. Um, give out a bunch of tags. I think we give out thirty six tags in there. Split between the first. There's two seasons, like an early and a later season. My guess is that the early season, I didn't look at the statistics, but uh, my guess is the early season is going to be a little bit easier to draw. The goats aren't going to have quite as long of hair. The second season, um, probably a little harder to draw. Goats are going to have better hair. Um, you do run into the potential of some weather at that time. But either way, first, the early season or the, the, the latter season in G3, that's an awesome hunt. They give out, um, they give out some non-resident tags in there as well. They give out four non-resident tags in there so that's a that's hands down my top uh goat pick yeah hey and on Uh, on uh on that on that unit jimmy a a couple of questions there that i used to always get uh what do you have a strong opinion first season versus second season and it goes for all the units that have a split season like give give the listeners the breakdown of that so they kind of understand the pros and cons yeah so um you know, there's, and we're going to use G3 um, for the example instead of G12, just because I haven't spent much time over yeah, yeah, sure. there recently. But so G3, um, 
I'm not looking at the season dates. It's like, um, the, it's like the first two weeks of the season is the first, yeah. the first season, second, it roughly the second two. Or yeah. Whatever, is it? Yep. yeah. 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 Um, so the goats are going to be uh, during that first season well, and during both seasons, they're going to be growing out their winter hair, but it is crazy how much two weeks makes a difference yeah. on the, on the goat hair. And you, you know, we're talking six inches um, in, in two weeks difference in some of these goats. Yeah. If it matters to people, you're completely right. There is, there is a big difference. Yeah. Like, uh, like yeah. I actually think it was in G3, I remember guiding a hunter, uh, like on, you know, like right when the season started, like September 7th or something like that, he killed, he killed a goat. And I remember it cause it was, it was hot and the, and yeah. the you know, up there, the bees, the bees get yeah. real bad when it's hot. And I remember when I was skinning it, cause I, I full body skinned that goat. And then the, the next hunt that was like, you know, 10 days later, and it was like in the same drainage. And so I re recall seeing that goat and being like, you know, this goat is like, it's still kind of got its summer hair. Like it was, it was all, it was all, it wasn't patchy at all. Like the nannies get like, it, it, you know, those billies will start to grow a full set by like, or a full set of hair by like September 10th. So basically beginning of the season. So it had a nice coat, but it was probably only like, you know, this long. I, yeah. the, I had, I had another hunt like 10 days later, basically I could see the gut pile of the first hunt, you know, from where this one was and that goat, that, that Billy in 10 days had hair like that. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it's a big, yeah. it's a, it's a significant difference if it matters to people. Right. And in, in my opinion, no one's gonna, like, if you have the thing mounted on your wall and you shoot uh, a, a badass nine and a half inch Billy, which in Colorado, that's, yeah, that's slim, pretty right? darn big. Um, and you have a eight inch in another house, no one's going to be able to tell the difference, including oh, yeah, yeah. me. No, yeah. So, yeah. but you yeah. can, everyone can tell the difference in the hair yeah. and their shop. And, and so in my mind, you know, Billy, uh, obviously everyone wants, wants a Billy, but most people aren't even going to be able to tell a Billy from a nanny, but still like shooting Billy's. Sure. Um, so if you can't tell a difference in size, but you can tell a difference in hair, why not go for, go for that? Right. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I agree. But what's the downside of second season? Well, you had guys, you had 18 guys in there. Well, I guess actually, um, yeah, you had 18 residents, two non-residents in there two weeks earlier shooting stuff, shooting probably the more accessible goats. Um, but then you know, uh, the, the goat season goes to October 5th, I think, yeah. um, October 5th up at 13,000 feet can be a total crap show. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the snow flying, um, could be downright miserable and hunting Man. goats, hunting goats in the snow, no matter what anyone says, it is definitely harder. Yeah, they aren't exactly snow colored. Like they kind of have like that dirty yellowish yeah, tint, yeah. but they're still way harder to see. You're not going to spot one from a mile away with your naked eye like you sometimes can do. Yeah. Without yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Glassing is way harder. Um, yeah. You know, so glassing is way harder. And then the second one is it's way easier to die. And, and some people are going to laugh. <laughs> 
some people are gonna laugh, but like this, like this much snow, like a little, you know, a slick of snow up there and that stuff to me is like a game changer hunting goats. It makes it yeah. just harder to get to areas you need to get, you know. Yeah. The handful of times, like I'm not like some crazy adrenaline junkie or anything, but there's never been like a super great I take that back. There's been a couple pretty seamless goat pack outs the first one you were talking about that the first goat hunt you ever did i remember skinning that goat in the grass yeah that was yeah, the, that's, that, was yeah the, that, that was the easiest spot i think i've ever seen a goat. yeah well i i packed uh killed one that we could have actually taken a horse to which would have been oh, okay. pretty sweet sure. but that's not the norm like the handful of times that i i feel like i've been close to death two of them were on a goat hunt. yeah yeah just because it, like it died in some crap hole and there's you're coming down a scree field and there's a boulder the size of the size of a desk rolling down next to you that yeah, you oh, loosened yeah. up 400 yards above you it can get get western really quick yeah and just a um, little a little snow and you know i think yeah. a little snow and what it'll do is it well, at least how i felt about it is you get much snow you really can't hunt effectively so it can mess up your logistics right like uh, that time yeah. of year, that time of year, it'll usually still come off, melt off, but it can mess up when you're able to go and all that sort of thing. Probably, you know, tell me if you differ on this opinion, Jimmy, but the worst thing a guy can do is draw the second season tag and then say, I'm going to hunt the last five days of the season. Cause you could get, you could get just washed out, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, if you're going to hunt, I mean, my, I would, I would encourage everyone that draws these tags, not to just pick a, a single five days or whatever. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, obviously if you're doing a guided hunt, there's like some, some stuff that sure um, you, you can't work around, but typically like if we see that there's snow coming, we're going to see if we can't push it back and yeah, try to make something good. work because we're, we're just going to, we're going to go out for a cold, snowy, wet hike. Um, yeah. And not be able to get, get up to them or whatever the case is. Right. Yeah. No, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a good, good tip for people, man. Um, you got any more goat units, Jimmy? Uh, G6. I still like okay. G6 a lot. <clears throat> it overlaps with S2. Um, the, in the past, uh, couple years, they've really, increased tag quotas in there um i really don't think the cpw had any idea how many goats were in there until probably the summer of 2021 the yeah. rocky mountain goat alliance did uh, like a volunteer survey in there and they counted uh, a pile of goats so i think the the, the yeah, tag we, allocation you, you remember uh, when we, we i think me and you went up there a couple times we counted yeah. more goats in one sitting than they said there were in the entire unit for there was a few yeah. years like that so so yeah, it, yeah. Uh, they finally figured it out. Yeah, so I think there's 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 quite a few more goats. I do have a feeling that um, if they keep the tag allocation the way it is, it's going to start feeling a lot like G12 in the fact, yeah, and they're hard. very you know there's there's similar mountains, right? Super crazy rugged, but uh, the easy the easy billies that are living right above some lake at the back of a drainage, they're getting they've been getting shot. Um, yeah. And those aren't going to be the, uh, they're not going to be around much, much longer. Um, yeah. so that, that hunt is going to start getting, uh, a lot harder to, 
to, to get, to get one in an accessible spot. And then it does start feeling, it, it can start feeling crowded. Um, yeah. Competitive. Yeah. In, in there. Um, it's a straight backpack hunt. So you got to be a little bit of a, a stud or bring a bunch of buddies or, or do a guided hunt. Um, you're going to go hike in scouting can be helpful, but they go, those goats go up and over the back of these drainages into another drainage that we can't, it would be impossible unless you're an expert mountaineer to get, but you're not going to do it with backpacks Yeah, go up and over. And so you just hiked in 10 miles to the back of one of these drainages. Now you got to hike all the way out and go up the next one blind yeah. basically. And, and hope that it didn't go over another. Um, yeah, drainage. dude, I, I, I think that that unit is unique, is kind of unique that way, Jimmy. It is, it's hard to glass. It's hard to do like super effective glassing in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where, where you're avoiding what you're talking about. You, you know, you're not, basically there you have to commit a couple days into, you got to, you know, do a shot and go in there and hope, hope there's goats in there based on your experience or scouting or whatever, and then come out and do another one. Sounds easy when you say it, you know. Yeah, but it's, it's hard. Yeah, even if you're even yeah, if you're, like go. For I it. I had a I had a guy in there, and I forget a, a couple of years ago went in there, scouted two days before, found some goats, hiked in there, the goats weren't there, and then had to go turn right back around and hope that they were in in the next one. Luckily, it worked out, but yeah. it it damn near killed the guy yeah just and we were just hiking we didn't even have meat on us yet you know yeah um, yeah, yeah for sure and so you know, it, it, it's a tough hunt but good a fun hunt yeah yeah, yeah. no it's tough it's beautiful country it's i mean it's it's, it's i i always love being in there but but it is it is tough um one thing that that what, what you said made me think about something that, that i think would be good advice for for people and that's if you draw these tags, like the goat tag or the sheep tag, I think is in the same same category. Uh, a lot of these sheep or goat tags, if you really got to make kind of a personal assessment of, hey, do do I need help? Do I need to go guided, or can I really do this um, by myself? And do I feel comfortable doing that? And you have to make that assessment like early on. You know what I mean, Jimmy? Because I'm sure yeah. I'm sure this trend has not stopped. But I, I recall for years, man, like I would have September be fully booked, just like sheep hunt after sheep hunt, goat hunt after goat hunt. You'd be guiding them. I'd be guiding them. We'd have other guys guiding them. And, um, and like the last 10 days, guys start calling that are frustrated. You know what I mean? And it's hard. Like, it, you know, as a guide or an outfitter, you, you want to help guys, but you can't, you got all your logistics all done. And so I feel like there's a lot of people that kind of miss out because they don't really realize exactly what they're getting into until they've been at it for 10, 15 days. Um, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I think it's just, I think it's just valuable for people to be realistic about it early on, you know? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately you put in for these tags uh, we're going to find out if you draw them in what, like early, early May, I think, or yeah, late yeah, April, mid April, maybe. Yeah. Um, you're not going to like, you're not going to get up to the, to the back of some of these drainages 
the day you find out that he drew that tag. And then you overestimate your physical ability or you underestimate the ruggedness and the remoteness yeah. of some of these units. And then, yeah, you're up, up shit creek because <laughs> um, you thought you were going to go and do this on your own. Or maybe you, you were going to do it and you were going to have all this time for scouting, but then, um, you know, someone passes away in your family and you don't like, there was a, an S2 hunter this year who was going to go and do it on his own. His brother, unfortunately passed away season opened up and asked if we could do it. And it's like, I don't, we don't have, unfortunately yeah, we don't have yeah. the capacity at this, at this time to, to help you. And it sucks because again, he, I, he didn't shoot a sheep. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, it, it's, it's such a bummer on those things. And it could be, it could be just a stat, you know, a, you know, getting with a guide and booking a hunt like with you guys or, or whatever, or it could just be like locking down three or four friends that are going to hunt with you for sure. You know what I mean? But you, uh, I, anytime somebody tells me they're going to approach it by themselves, it, it depends on the unit. Of course, there's exceptions to this, but if, if the people tell me that they're going to try, I'm going to try it by myself for a week or 10 days. I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know if it makes sense in a lot of these places, you know? No, you shouldn't. And, and to go and to think that you're going to go pack out a, a goat yeah. off the, out of some crap hole by yourself, you're, you're crazy. At best, at best, you've got two, two trips. I've packed out one goat by myself, but I was fortunate enough. I, I gave my, all my opt, emptied my pack out, gave everything that I had in my pack when the hunt started to the hunter, he just carried, you know, my tripod spotter, all that kind of stuff. And I took the whole goat and had like the Cape yeah. in my arms going down the mountain. And I was also, I don't know, 26 at the time. You, yeah. You're not, there was no way that I could even, I'd, I would have had to go and take a second trip just to go up and get my optics back. Yeah. Um, like I was at that capacity with just the goat. I think, I think goats, just reflecting on my experience with them, people way underestimate how hard they are to pack out. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the terrain, but also people don't realize because so many people want them full body caped. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, it, you know, a lot of, obviously a lot of guided guys want that, but a lot of do it yourself guys want that too. They either want to make a rug out of it or full body mount or, or whatever. Um, and that makes sense. Their, their hides are beautiful. Um, but those things, they suck to pack out. Yeah. I mean, they're bulky and they're, yeah. and they're, there's no structure to them. And then they're heavy when you have the whole, the whole thing together like that. Um, I'm with you, man. They're, they're one of the harder pack outs and they're one of the more dangerous. I, I remember years ago, oh, it's probably been a decade now, but a guy, a guy died in the bills packing a, packing a goat out, uh, just fell, fell forward. I think at yeah. night, I think he was doing it at night. So so yeah, it's a, it's pretty serious business. You, I think that's one for sure you want, you want help with, um, just yeah, because the kind of tech, technical aspect of it, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, man, are, do, uh, what else you got for goats? Um, yeah. And then that G18, so G3, G2, G6 top picks that G18, I think is going to be real, um, real how unique. Many, I mean, I'd, how many tags? Four. Oh, okay. So it's a, it's a pretty decent decent chunk. Um, it's again, you know, you spend a bunch of time in there, but it's going to be a rugged, gnarly, 
um, backpack style style hunt. I think there's going to be, I think there's quite a few goats in there. Um, actually, I know there are, and then I, there, I know that there's some some really nice billies in there too. Again, it's going to be like that's that is some gnarly gnarly country, and yeah. I was I was just on axing it um, yesterday because I was thinking about putting it in there sure. and. Um, yeah, you're looking at, yeah, you're, you're minimum 10 miles to get back into go country hiking. Yeah. And that's what I was or at least what I, like what I thought, like, look like good goat stuff. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. It's it, the one challenge of that is that your approach. So most of your approaches are in the wilderness too. So you got to figure out those logistics. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a long approach to get, to get in there, but super cool country. Um, there's uh there's actually there's actually a bunch of people that think yeah you ever heard of the lost Dutchman mine? Uh-uh. See, it's like this old this old myth about this lost Dutchman. They call him the lost Dutchman, but he he ended up they they think he he had this like very productive silver mine, and there's all there's a whole group a lot of people who are like trying to find this treasure, you know? Okay. Like where because he ended up coming in and he you know he there's a bunch of documented evidence of that. He had like high quality silver with him and they checked it. And then he ended up, I think the story is he ended up getting killed in a bar in, in the town. And, and then somebody found out that he had already killed his buddy in the mine claim with him. But anyway, so there's this whole convoluted story. And if you get on Google, there's people that like dedicated their, their life to this. Some people think it's in the Holy cross. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, it'd be awesome. Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some other, other, other places, but it's, and a lot of the reasoning why people think it's in the Holy Cross is because the Holy Cross, you know, it's right there between Aspen Vale, Eagle, Avon. I mean, there's a lot of population there, so it there's this idea that it's not that remote, but it's actually pretty remote and it's pretty damn rough, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, cool super cool area. When I, when I was a little bitty kid, my dad actually outfitted on, on one edge of it, but, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, what about moose? Yeah. Moose. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, you, you know, your stereotypical moose units like up by Walden six, um, that's going to be a, you know, there's giants coming out of there. There's a bunch of tags in there. Um, but the draw is, it is like there's uh, for as many tags that are in there, it is a hard draw. Um, same, like, um, what's it? 19 is another, um, is another good unit up there, but it's, and lots of big, lots of big moose. Um, but it's a very, you know, historically been lot, lots of big moose coming out of there, but it's also really accessible for a lot of yeah. people on the front range and you know people that live in fort collins they're they're um when they're going out to recreate in the summer they're seeing all these these moose and i think a lot of guys are putting in there because you know like they know they could go do it on their own they see moose all the time in there um and they're big and they're visible and so um that is it's a good unit but it's a little bit harder to draw um 12 23 24 um northern part of the the flat tops i think that is probably one of the most undervalued um moose tags out there to get out quite a few quite a few tags in there non-resident tags you, um you basically have to horseback on it jimmy 
Um, so 12, 23, there's some pretty good road access in, in some of those spots. 24 um, is going to be mostly wilderness horsebacking. Um, and my guess is, uh, I haven't looked at the statistics or anything where a lot of the moose are shot, but my suspicion is I, I would guess that more of the bigger moose are coming out of 24. Okay. Yeah, and the 20 um, and 24 uh, is the more inaccessible part of it. You're yeah, saying. correct. Yeah, it's going to be it's a lot, lot more wilderness in yep. there. And um, having horses uh, or access to horses uh, after, after shooting one this year, like, thank God, there's yeah, yeah. Yeah. we had horses and mules. There's no way that I'd be yeah. getting it out. I mean, I, my, my, my personal opinion, man, is in particular, I mean, I guess it depends on when you're going. But if you're hunting them the first couple of weeks of September, because the season opens, what, like the same as uh, goats and sheep typically, right? Like first week of September or something like that. So, I th yeah, I think last year it was like September 10th, I think okay. is when, when it opened. And so a lot of these tags are also um, season choice. So you could go out yeah. hunting with uh, your, your bow for two days, then go uh, muzzleloader opens up, go out for few days with that and then you can go out with your rifle too. yeah dude i i kind of feel like personally give me like some of like you mentioned 24 but some of these other remote uh, moose areas like if you're if you're out there mid-september you better have a bunch of guys with you or 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 you're, it's almost a little bit irresponsible just because it's so hard yeah. to, it's so hard to get a moose out you know yeah you know it it, it for sure it for sure is now i mean some of these <clears throat> more accessible road um roaded up areas um yeah you could you could do it and maybe you can even drive up you know yeah, you, get some win, you can win guys. one in the truck yeah 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 like walk through like they had a, a packet 40 yards to the truck to yeah, get yeah. it but yeah. is that what you is that what you want from 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 your hunt too yeah sure um, yeah. Uh, i'm i'm a little lame in that i think the aesthetics of it really really matter um yeah, it's kind of like the sheep thing, dude, like the horseback moose deal where, you know, there's not a lot of places that you can do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's same, yeah. same deal. Like, you know, you got you go do the horseback deal. Cause, cause is that the difference, uh, Jimmy? And I'm not that familiar, you know, I, like all that Buena Vista corridor stuff over there, Buena Vista, Leadville, all of that. I'm, yeah, I'm real familiar with the sheep and goat hunting, but I'm not really familiar with the the moose over there. It, what's the difference between those units and then the flat top stuff you're just talking about? Is it is the, the accessibility, the moose quality? Like, what's the difference? Well, um, so some of that stuff like that's in 49 in the Buffalo Peaks um, wilderness. I mean, that's a wilderness area. We had a, a goat, or I'm sorry, a moose hunter in there this past year. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, again, we went in horseback on on the okay. deal, but so that forty nine tag, it's forty nine and five, or is it five hundred or fifty? I I forget what it is. Yeah, forty nine five hundred. Um, there's, I mean, there's th th that is probably the the perfect unit with the ideal mix of road accessibility and and wilderness okay in my mind like if you want a nice split that 49 500 tag is going to be pretty pretty awesome for yeah. that 
um, some of the, like the 48, 481, um, and that 49, 500, there's some giant moose that come out of there. Uh, some, some huge ones, but I guess that's kind of, that's kind of everywhere in the yeah. state. Like there's a they're giant everywhere. Um, 48, 481 there, there is, um, there's some wilderness in there. I, I, I would venture to guess that probably the, the better moose hunting is going to be kind of road accessible Yeah, in there. I don't know if it would behoove you to take horses in there. Um, I don't think it would add that much to, to the hunt, but like that 12, 23, 24. Yeah. I think horses would give you a big, a big advantage. So that way you can get deep into unit 24. Sure. Um, and then same, same thing with 25, 26, 231, which is where, where I hunted last year. Um, there's a good, good chunk of that. That is, that has a bunch of road accessibility. Um, this is only the third year that they're giving moose tags out in there. Um, so it's not like they're shot up. You're still going to be able to walk up on, on yeah, a bunch of them. But again, you know, if you, if you, if you value the aesthetics of the hunt, um, and don't want, you know, people wrapping by you on an ATV, getting into the wilderness with horses would be. Yeah. Be or, yeah I mean, or if you just want to make sure and cover it all, you know what I mean? Yeah. And honestly, uh, I only hunted the, the rifle part of the, yeah. of the season cliff and we ran into, um, some weather issues as well. I don't think, I don't think there's a chance in hell if you hunted the, the 10 or 14 days with, for rifle season, the rifle season part of it, you could cover 25, 26, 231. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But like, I, you could cover if you're just road, roading it, you, you, yeah. you're somewhere. Yeah. If you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. If you're just, I, and I, I'm not yeah. that familiar with the stuff outside of 25, 26, if you were just on the road, uh, would that limit you severely? Or I could be wrong, man. Yeah, I think you would. I think you, if you were just road, like just cruising the roads on your sure. four wheelers and stuff, and especially if you had a buddy that was able, you know, you're going to go left, he's going to go right. Yeah. Um, wherever you dump the four wheelers out at, you, you for sure could cover all of it. But yeah. it's going to be like a, it's going to be a, you know, not, not quite a large of a chunk. Yeah. But it, but it's, but you could, you could hunt it hypothetically that way and you'd probably do yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good deal. Um, uh, and then, uh, so yeah. So on the, on the moose stuff, kind of top picks on that, um, 12, 23, 24, 49, 500, 48, 481, um, for the quality, the amount of animals, um, draw, draw success in there. Uh, sure. those are probably going to be some of your better units. Um, 25, 26, 231. It's, there's only, uh, I believe there's only going to be one resident tag in okay. there again. Um, but, uh, so that you, if, if you're a non-resident, that's not going to be one, one for you. Um, so if for the non-resident guys, 12, 23, 24, 49, 500, 48, 481 should be kind of, uh, I, those would be the, on, on my radar ones. Yeah. Good deal. And, and I tell me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, but generally on moose, it always seemed to me like there's not really like units that are known as just 
they just don't produce big moose in Colorado. Like most of the tag, most of the bull tags you draw are good tags. Like there's potential to kill a big Shire's moose. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that at the end of the day, like, I mean, I've heard some, you know, rumors that when they were reintroducing the, uh, reintroducing the moose, they got some of the moose from like Utah and some of them from Wyoming and that, you know, that was part of it. But honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's just like almost any other species. If you let a big part of the population just get old, you're going to have, sure. You're going to have big animals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Cool, man. Well, we, uh, we covered all those species, Jimmy. Uh, I mean, particularly given that a big part of your business is uh, elk, man, do you got anything to say on the elk draw or the deer draw? Um, you know, the, the, the elk draw now, not that, not that yeah, much. Sure. Um, and again, the, the goat sheep and moose draw is, is a very different style of draw than the deer, um, deer, elk, and antelope, um, draw right and and if you go onto our blog page on on flat tops wilderness guides you can see i I wrote an article uh, a few years ago about how that how that weighted point draw works um but as far as people should check that out because the the math on it is fairly funky and and i think people are misled into believing a lot of the time that they have, they think they have way better odds than they actually do. And yeah, they're, they're misled into thinking that uh, there's not a huge variation between units. And this, for some reason, this is particularly the case for guys that have like 25 points. They, they think, they think it still makes sense to apply for the very best unit. And when you look at the math, a lot of the times there's a way better chance they're going to die with those points than, than draw those units. So, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think people, people should check it out. Yeah, and and I sh- I probably need to go in there and re-update it with with some of the new statistics sure. and and everything, um, and I'll, I'll I'll call out like it, I consciously wrote it like that, um, but I didn't include it in the article, and a guy actually called me out on it last year that I was wrong. Yeah, but the way they actually the way they actually do these weighted point systems, they sign you a random 12 digit number. So I don't know, like Cliff, what is 12 digits? Like a trillion? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a crazy huge number. And then they take the amount of points you have and divide that that random 12 digit number by your number of points. Yeah. So that's why you still see these guys that like myself that had a super low number on Moose. Maybe I drew number 50,000. If you draw 50,000 and divide it by you know the few points that I had, I'm for sure getting the tag. Whereas if you're the guy that had 30 points and um, you drew number 700 billion, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, 700 billion divided by 30 is still a lot. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the main the main thing about it is it's. I guess I mean I understand why they do it that way because they want people to have a chance down uh down lower but uh but it's yeah it just it just is what it is i I don't know if i have an opinion about the fairness of it you know jimmy because i i you know i don't really it's all sub you know it's all subjective you know it's like should the people with all the points get all the tags or should we always encourage people to get into the it's like this this weird kind of gray area where it's hard to define what what makes the most sense but the main thing is that people kind of need to understand what what the odds are that they actually face you know yeah and and you know the guys that um the the cumulative 
draw success. Like the big takeaway on that whole um, article I wrote yeah. was cumulative success. So putting in every single year is way, 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 way better than waiting until you have 20 points. Oh, yeah. Like I, talked, I talked to a guy the other day. He's like, I have um, 22 points. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go sheep hunting. It's like awesome. Um, yeah. When you draw it, give me a call. I'm not taking your money until you draw it because yeah, yeah. even at 22 points, you have you're in the single digits of yeah, yeah. of percentage points. You you're yeah. at you know you're at nine nine percent odds maybe. Um, yeah. So, so basically, you're you're still not going to draw the tag. Whereas if he would have put in for 20 years, 22 years or whatever. Um, there's like an 86% chance he would have drawn the tag by then. Already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this is what you're describing is really important that people understand, Jimmy. Like, they give you the option of just getting a point. Don't do not, it. And not put it. Yeah, don't do that. Anytime, like, it, for these really hard to draw tags, sheep, goat, and moose, if you're going to put in for them, always try to draw a tag. Because yeah. If you wait 20 years, in terms of the probability of drawing the tag during your lifetime, you've already reduced that drastically by waiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's that's, yeah. that's a super good point. Then I'll give I'll give Dan a shout out. You kind of know who who Dan is, yeah, a buddy that I've had a bunch of times. He was asking me who who he you know what units he should be applying for for his um, sheep. He's he's got or he shot a goat and a moose already. Yeah. And he's going to Alaska for like two weeks moose hunting yeah. during, during the sheep season. He's like, I'm thinking about just putting in for the point. I was like, dude, do not yeah. do it. Put in for like a badass unit. And if you do happen to draw it, you're just going to have to quit your job and yeah, yeah. Go, yeah. Go, go sheep hunting. But yeah. you still probably aren't going to draw it. Just put in for it. Um, yeah, that, it that might be the only exception where you should make, like if you already have like these pre- um, these other things going on in your life where you might put in for a point, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, is cause I'm, cause you know, there's always a part of me that if people get torn between, you know, different hunts when they draw multiple great hunts, you know, so that that's always not the best thing. But in this case, when we're talking about very low probability of drawing, you always have the option of returning the tag and getting your points back and being back at yeah. square one or whatever. So if something like just crazy is going on in your life where you draw super two awesome tags or, you know, somebody dies or you get divorced or all that stuff, you can still return it, but yeah. don't go decades, not putting in for a sheep or goat tag and just accumulating points because you lose, like you say, such a huge chunk of your chances, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and you, you see that, you see that anecdotally. A lot of yeah. the people that I guided over the years had less than 10 weighted points. Yeah. You yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so to get back to your, your question about the um, deer and elk, which is, is the, uh, which is the bulk of, of our business. Um, yeah. The elk, like I said at, at the beginning, I think you should really be really think about building a couple of points so that way when and if these over-the-counter units do go to a draw 
you'll be you'll be in the game to to go still you know to still be able to hunt yeah man i mean um, i i think it's a great it's a great piece of advice jimmy because you know there's a chance man there's a chance like i i used to all well you know some guys there in eagle there's some guys that have have drawn multiple sheep tags in colorado and that's yeah. because that's because they were putting in for it before it was really like that big of a deal well yeah. dude in 20 years maybe the elk hunting will look like that you yeah. know what i mean and they'll be it's like so you might as well start early in, in you know, but it kind of Go ahead. it kind of is like some of those like some of those other units right there's it you're at you're at 25 points before yeah, yeah, you're drawing true. some of these yeah. elk tags but yeah. yeah no i know what you're saying like yeah there, there is a there is a chance if wolves are going to thrive and we can't knock their populations down and um maybe there's some little isolated herd of, of elk that, that don't have any wolves around. And that's where, that's where all the big ones are. And that's yeah, sure. Um, how you're going to have to, you know, what you're going to have to do to get them. But no, on the, on the elk stuff, other than that, nothing special on the deer. I think, um, man, with these late season dates, like I was super pumped when they put fourth rifle, uh, for deer, you know, basically going into almost December. Right. Um, it's at least in, at least in our country, these, and maybe it's, maybe it's been weather and stuff, but these fourth rifle season hunts aren't what they once were. Um, yeah. I think they're, they're overvalued. I think a third season hunt is actually, I think a third season hunt now is better than a fourth rifle. Yeah, hunt for deer. I, one, it's longer, and um, yeah, I think you know the biggest deer that we've been that we've been killing. They're they're shot during third rifle forty four. Um, you know the go to magical yeah. unit for mule deer. The biggest deer shot in there this year was during third season. Um, yeah. So there's, you know, I for the guys that you know may, maybe you could go and hunt what you think is a lesser unit by going or I'd go go and hunt a better unit and hunt during third season which you think is is not as primo and and statistically um as far as draw success goes isn't but you're actually going to be on a better hunt that's yeah. my advice yeah no i think you're right i mean and there's that big differential between fourth and third and it still prevails. Right. And I think that's quota driven. You know, a lot of, there's such a, there's such a lower quota during fourth season yeah. that it's like, it's still way, it's, it's way harder to draw that tag. And I think you're right. Like in a lot of units, they're at least equivalent third and fourth. And then like you're saying, yeah. you know, in, in some places they might, third might be better than fourth. And I, you know, I don't know, people always ask me that Jimmy, like why, why would that be? And I think it's unit by unit, but I think sometimes, sometimes the deer, they, they vanish after third. I don't know if they go lower, you know, they just go, they really travel. They might travel really far to like some other wintering ground that we, you don't really yeah. associate with those deer. I don't really know what it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know where, well, I, I kind of starting to figure it out, but yeah, where our deer winter. Um, yeah. I think they, I think they winter a lot further than, than, than you would think. Um, and then, yeah, during, you know, during that fourth 
and again, I think, you know, some of it might be weather driven, like last year, the man, there's, there's a lot of snow that came during second rifle season and our second and third rifle seasons were, were epic. Uh, and that snow stuck around and those deer just boogied out of there, come fourth rifle. But yeah, even in the past years where there hasn't, like, if you look at, I guess it was, uh, 2021, I, I, lose, I lose track of them, man. Yeah, 2021, fourth rifle season, there's hardly any snow, and um, the deer hunting wasn't as epic as you would as you would think. And I think those right. deer just naturally, you know, they're looking at the stars or the sun or whatever. They got an internal clock that tells them we need to be here by this date. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think you're right, man. But cool, dude. Those are all all good, man. You got anything else for for the listeners? Um. As far as uh, bookings and stuff go, yeah, you know, yeah, if sure. you uh, if you want any recommendations on these cheap goat moose units, uh, I'll be publishing that blog. It'll be on the Flat Tops Wilderness Guides webpage. Um, I'll also hopefully later today be publishing kind of a guide on on how um, on how to navigate the the CPW, you know. Basically walking you step by step on, on how the draw works. Um, if you're looking for a, for a hunt, um, we've got a couple of archery drop camps left over. Um, 2024 for rifle seasons, there's, uh, there's a couple, um, I think two, maybe one um, rifle drop camp left. Um, almost all booked up on the rifle guided stuff for the future. If you draw one of these sheep or goat units, whether you're, if you're thinking about going guided with me or with anybody else, call that, call that outfitter as soon as, as soon as you see the money, leave your, leave your bank account. Um, so that way you can get some dates nailed down with, with that guide, um, to get your hunt booked. It's a, it's going to be a first come first serve basis and you don't want to call five days later uh, and, and everyone be kind of booked up. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great piece, piece of advice, man. Cool, Jimmy. Well, uh, hey, man, how, uh, how can people keep in touch with you and follow along? Get, give people your social media and all that stuff. Yeah, so um, you can check us out uh, on, Insta- on Instagram. Um, it's Flat Tops Wilderness Guides. Uh, we also have a Horn Fork Guides Instagram page and then an LKS Outfitters Instagram page. Um, so you got three to, three to follow there. Um, you can Sweet check man. us out on Facebook as well. And then if you want to get a hold of us, um, you can go to the Flat Tops Wilderness Guide website or the Horn Fork Guide website and uh, send us an email. Or you can shoot me an email directly at j.oswald at ftguides.com. Cool, man. Thanks for being on, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me, Cliff. If you want to keep in touch with me, get on my website at PursuitWithCliff.com and sign up for the newsletter. Check out my YouTube channel. It's just under my name, Cliff Gray. And you can follow me on Instagram at CliffGRY. Thanks for listening.